Welcome back, everybody, to the Goody Two Shoes podcast. I'm the daughter half. And I'm the daddy half. Again. It's only been a couple minutes or so for us, but it's been a week for you guys. We're so excited for this episode. It's kind of building off of what we were talking about last time. Um, Yeah, we're going to be talking about my dad's life, kind of where he's been through um, his aspects of his career and how that's really shown him where God has him and kind of that reverse mindset that we've been talking about um, as far as your career goes. Um, Talking about sort of the jobs that he's had in the past and yeah, just all that. I'm really excited. I feel like we should say things that are new with us too because I didn't do that last time. Well, go for it. All right. Maybe I'm just the one not to talk. I'm excited because also, I'm sorry if I'm talking fast. I'm on like a full cup of coffee and muffins, so I'm, ah, little, little, little. But I'm really excited because I get to go skiing today, which, as you know, I love, love, love. So that's really exciting for me. And it's also a 40 weekend, which doesn't do much for me, but means all my brothers at home. So that's exciting for me. Who are you? What's new for me? You, yeah. Well, as of um, the last half hour. <laughs> hey, I got a 40 day weekend. That's. Super, that is super a huge blessing. Had a great had a great week at work. Made a lot of good connections with kids, and uh, yeah, really growing in my career, which is uh, great segue. Great segue. So good. So yeah, if you want to take it away and kind of talk about the aspect of your work and how it has evolved over the years since when you were young, since now, however that goes. Yeah. So you should definitely and thanks Ellie for having me on again. Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure. Um, something you should definitely know about me is I have everything totally put together. I've been in one career my entire life. Uh, I'm a CEO, <laughs> a major. You can't even get through it. I can't even. <laughs> Let me just take a moment to start and tell you all the jobs that I've done. There's a lot. This will this will be a bit. How long is the episode? <laughs> I started working when I was 14 uh, as a dishwasher. I then moved to a tourist city uh, that was close to our house and or that was close to where we grew up. Um, and I was a shoe salesman. And uh, after uh, the summer of that, I was a shoe salesman. I decided to get a second job. So I started uh, cleaning hotels. I did three different hotel cleaning jobs over the course of two years. And then also sidelined at a retail store um, in that same city. This is by the time I was 16. Um, by the time I was 17 and 18, I was doing a couple of odd jobs. Um, but by the, by the time I was 18, I had joined the military. So that was, was obviously consuming a lot of my free time um, on my weekends and stuff as I was getting ready for training. Um, was in the military for a couple of years. I mean, I did my full service, but um, it was it was uh, guard um, wasn't full active duty. So um, I was working um, back in Oshkosh where I was going to school. I was first job was, was in a restaurant. Um, and then I would go on to work at another restaurant. And then I would work at a third restaurant. Um, and in case you're counting, we're up to eight. Oh, gosh, and I, I probably <laughs> I probably missed a couple, honestly. Um, and um, from there, I would I would drop out of school, and I, I, I can go into that at some point as well. Um, and then started working at a industrial supply company. Uh, I was a manager there. Um, yeah, mommy Becky is on the wings here, reminding me of all of the <laughs> things that I'm I'm missing here. Um, and uh, then we would go out to Colorado, um, and I would be I would work for the same company but in a new position. Um, and then um, I, what was next? Oh yeah, then we came home from Colorado and then I would work back in telephone sales. I was a telemarketer. Not my first foray into sales, but it was uh, probably one of the more meaningful forays as a, as a young adult. 
from there, we would become a farmer where we became like an organic local farmer and within the context of farming, and you don't have to do this, Ellie, um, I would do education, um, volunteer on boards. Um, I was working with um, local food, public speaking. I did a lot of talks, talked at universities. Um, so that was all within the context of then I would go on to start while well, we moved to another farm, worked with another farmer, try to start up a business with mommy. <laughs> um, mommy started up uh, a design business. Then we started a grass-fed beef company with a friend and did that for a few years. Grass-fed yeah, jerky company with a friend, did that for a couple of years. And I think I have some of these written down. Um, at that, oh, that would work. crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, digital marketing. I did work for a digital marketing company. Then I went back to school and finished my degree. At this point, we've got all four kids. <laughs> all right, I got to wrap this up. Um, and then I would work, at, uh, yeah, would work at uh, Feeding America, um, working with uh, low-income housing food pantries and homeless shelters. Then I would uh, work with for Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield doing uh, – insurance, which I hated. So I decided to start my own insurance agency. Um, and I had three agents on with me doing that. Um, and then we tried to open an office down in Sun Prairie, which fell through, which got me out of there. And then Becky, what was after, what was after Paragon? Was it the food pantry? Yeah. Yeah. And then I would do program uh, direction management for uh, food, large food pantry in the area. Um, and uh, well, decided to quit because of the pandemic. It was just too doggone boring. And I don't like sitting still, if you haven't imagined already. <laughs> That's enough. With we'll a cup an of coffee. We'd do another stint uh, at a tech company. Um, and then I worked for a nonprofit. Um, and then I... The office, right? The office. And in, in, in here? Yeah, was it? Well, oh, and then I got sick with COVID, almost died. Um, and then came back. Um, thank you, Good God. Good life. Um, and uh, worked very briefly with a, a local nonprofit state agency, and now I'm a teacher. Twenty-four. Oh my gosh, my fingers hurt. Wow. Twenty-four jobs in your life. You don't have to say your age, but you have me, which is a testament to how old you are, and that is a lot of jobs. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. If you made it through that, congratulations. You're a real trooper. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that was that way. You have a boy. I wasn't expecting that. You were like, oh, I had a couple of jobs. 24 hours later. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they would ask me, we do this, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and in school, um, I, 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 boy, okay. Um, Y'all don't know me, but you're going to get a little snapshot into the weirdness of me. Um, I actually found the picture that we, we had, like make a picture, like, what do you want to be in first grade? Yeah. Like, and you drew a picture. And I said, I wanted to be a murderer. <laughs> Actually, Childhood damage. Yeah, I didn't actually want to be a murderer. It I just was wanted to be a person who kills people. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, some, sometimes, sometimes we've, we've all had days like that. Um, but uh, what I realized, I was, I was sort of reflecting on why I would say something like that, and I realized that I wanted to shock people, um, gotcha. and I wanted to be sort of really gregarious and, and say something funny, which is a real theme in my life, um, and I think is is kind of part and parcel to how I view myself as a worker. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, if you remember from last week's episode, we were talking about all the little things that you can do in your life currently so that you can grow your career into something that's meaningful. Um, and it may not even be a career per se. Let's just take a moment for all the stay-at-home moms out there and stay-at-home mm -hmm. dads out there who are fighting the really good fight at home, keeping things running, fostering and nurturing a hearth and home for their family. I mean, yeah. Hundred percent. Rock on. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Really, I mean, really a front line. Seriously. Of the of the kingdom, um, and uh, and that is absolutely something to aspire to too. I know a lot of young women, uh, especially in the Christian communities that we're in, um, they want to do that, and they're feeling a pressure to start a career and to do this and to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and people always say there is nothing wrong with being a mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, you ever asked a mom what that's like? It is a full-time yeah. job. And it is a full-time job that you don't get to leave on Friday mm -hmm. for the weekend. You live in your job. And if you want to talk about following your passion, the passion of parenting and being a full-time mom or dad um, is, yeah, is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. The reality is, however, is most of us don't get to a point in our lives where we say, I've got all the pieces in place and now I get to move on to the next step. For most of us, it's taking that one step at a time, stubbing our toe, um, maybe getting back up, maybe not, maybe going the wrong direction, maybe not. I mean, we don't, we don't have enough counselors in school to be able to help people answer the questions or even ask the questions mm -hmm. that they need to be asking right now. Um, and my life is a testament to that. Um, Ooh, yeah. As I mentioned in the last episode, I've always been sort of this type A driver personality. Um, but what happens if you put a, you know, a V6 engine on a moped and take the steering away? It's going to go fast, but it's probably going to go right into a wall. Mm. And then it's going to turn around. <laughs> I'm like a Roomba <laughs> with like a space engine. As my beautiful wife is politely smiling in the corner, she's these are things that I've learned to accept and love about my husband, <laughs> or else. <laughs> what choice do I have? She says. She says we find it charming. Um, but the reason that I'm saying that is, I never had a career path, and this was the only career path that I was ever going to have. And I think if we're being honest, I think if most people are being honest, their careers look more like mine than the firstborn valedictorian gets the big job, works the way up the corporate ladder and lands the presidency job. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the norm. It's really not. And it may not always look as incredibly diverse as mine, um, but there's also meanderings that we all have in our own lives as we talked a little bit about last week, all these different pieces of the puzzle of the train car that we're swapping in and swapping out, we don't generally do this intentionally. Mm -mm. Um, it's, oh, no. it's as a response to, to life. And life, life, is, life is the enemy, really. Because if you think of life, life is the world. And the world is not, the world is, is God's, but is, it is maintained and monitored and directed and ruled by the enemy. So if you're letting yourself ebb and flow, be battered by these waves of life, yeah. you're going to capsize. Yeah. You're 100% going to capsize. And I have capsized many, many times in my life. And it is only because of A, my faith, and B, my incredible family, that support network we talked about, mm -hmm. um, that I've been able to not only get past some of that, but really embrace that God's path for my life is going to look really, really weird. 
Yeah, for sure. I think the great thing about your story is it's such an extreme. Like you're saying, like this is actually more normal for most people, and it is. But at the same time, 24 jobs—that's a lot. So I think that's so great that you're able to talk on this because it's not like, oh, you know, God might have different plans for your life. So I've had like three jobs in the course of 10 years. It's like, no, he's had 24. <laughs> you know, he's been through the ups and downs a lot. And so I love what you're saying about this and just like how that can be absolutely a part of most people's lives, honestly. Well, and I think the reason that I have 24 jobs is, again, because of that superpowered Roomba mentality um, that I think if people were more honest, they would say that they experience on a heart level probably more than they realize. But because of my driver personality, I did it. Mm -hmm. Like I make the jumps because I love risk. I love craziness. I love, you know, all the action. <laughs> Whereas a lot of people, you know, it may not look like that for somebody. It might be. Um, you know, they're going to their job and they've heard their friend said that, you know, there's openings in other places or maybe it's something as simple as they're in a Monday meeting and, you know, they're just looking at the mundanity of their life or they're feeling like they're not really walking out God's purpose in their life. Um, maybe they're camping and they're just looking at that sunrise and just wondering, um, you know, what's on the other side of that horizon. Um, and um, I, I think that we all struggle with that. There's, there's God in that and there's Satan in that, you know, that's just, just the way that it is, unfortunately. And it's, it's how you, how you deal with that. Um, that really makes a difference. Is there anything wrong with staying in that job? No, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like that may be where God wants you to have stability so that you can work in other places in your life to have, um, relationship with him, or maybe that stability is creating a nest for your spouse to be able to stay home and your kids to grow, um, and I think one of the things that I loved that you said last week, Ellie, was to um, to focus your time and energy around your interests, but always be in the word and listening to what God has to say for you. Because um, I didn't always have that spiritual maturity. I didn't become a Christian until I was 24, 24, no, 20, 21. It's great to have a mom in the background. Yeah, yeah. She's like a walking thesaurus, dictionary, archivist. <laughs> we need to ask her. I'll be above. <laughs> I should just tell her what I want to say and she'll just get it right. <laughs> She's like a spell check. <laughs> what you but meant to life. say was, you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so for a lot of my life, um, even though growing up in the church, um, I was never of the church. I was never of that mentality. I, I left the church and became an atheist for a long period of time. Maybe not an atheist, maybe an agnostic. I was always aware that there was definitely something more at play um, within that spiritual realm. But, um, you know, through some pretty amazing mistakes, really, and hurt a lot of people, um, uh, was God found me at that lowest point. And maybe that's a story for another time. Um, but when you become a Christian, I like to tell people that becoming a Christian is the 1% the change in your life. 1% and that it's, it's nothing. You say yes to God. That's it. It's, mm -hmm. it's super, super tiny. But like a ship that is traveling over an entire ocean, a 1% change can be the difference between landing on different continents over a long that's period of time. That's a good way of saying um, And... God took hold of my life in a, in a pretty crazy way. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't do anything halfway. Um, so when I became Christian, I didn't do that halfway either. First thing I was like, I'm going to become a pastor. And Becky, mommy was like, uh, okay, let's explore that. <laughs> let's become missionaries. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, no, that, that's another story. He's um, all over the place. <laughs> I too am highly caffeinated. Um, when, when you take that 1% change, um, and also it's easy to do, but it's almost, it's impossible. It's really impossible to do. You cannot do it without God. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, he would say, who do you say that I am? And he would say, and the response was, 
you're the Messiah. And Jesus' response is, the only way you could have known that was through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the only way that we can know God is through God. So as you become a Christian and you say, you know, you give that sinner's prayer, whatever that looks like for you, but acknowledging that you're a sinner, acknowledging that you need a savior, acknowledging that you're a finite being created by an infinite being so that you can return to your infiniteness. Um, that process changes your heart. And it, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like, I mean, like a Tesla, you know, a Tesla driving down the road. Um, you have full control, but at any given time, you can let Elon Musk take the wheel. <laughs> um, Elon, take the wheel. Take, take the, the wheel, wheel, Elon. Elon. <laughs> <laughs> and that AI takes over and it uses a series of really advanced um, AI and technologies and sonars uh, to be able to drive that for you. Um, when you become a Christian, when you become a Christian, you say you, you get God's gift of grace. You get the freedom of everlasting life in, 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 a, in a lifetime, a true lifetime with, with Christ um, in the next life. However, the real challenge of Christianity comes in how you walk that out. Mm -hmm. The sustaining of that. The sustaining, the molding, the transformation process that only happens through the Holy Spirit. So that's when I say that that 1% change is so drastic, but it is actually impossible for you to make on your own. It is only in that relationship with Christ so that it can happen. And when that happened in my life, the crazy Roomba didn't stop, um, but it became fueled. In, in some ways, it probably increased because at that point, I was so desperate to do something for the kingdom and so desperate to transform myself and transform the world around me that um, in, in my wisdom, in my lack of wisdom, I was just like a, a kid with a spiked baseball bat. Like I just didn't know the damage that you can do and not necessarily damage, but the impact that yeah, you can impact make. Is and I made, I made some pretty awesome impact. Becky and I, Mommy and I, like in some really crazy places. And we did a lot of really good stuff. Um, and even though I can't look back on it and say like, that was my job that I did. And that's who, what defines me. Mm -hmm. um, I still think that God had us in really amazing places, both to, on a small scale, further his kingdom, but on a large scale, further his kingdom within us. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that's really cool is talking to the point of uh, the preparation that comes with that through all of those different jobs i'm gonna say jobs but also just situations that you've been in um i think that's just so crazy you'll tell me stories about things that you've gone through and places that you've been and then and then how it impacts you right now which is i mean you think about it and it's crazy it'll be 20 years ago and he's like i went through this situation or whatever and then that sort of thing comes up and it's like oh my goodness like clearly god was preparing me for this moment right here but i would never have been able to know that in that exact moment and so i feel like the amount of things that you've been through jobs yes but also just situations and people that you've seen and interactions that you've had is such an amazing show of just how much preparation god has for you like that's just a show of how big his plan for you guys is when you're going through those hard situations good and bad, honestly, when you're getting the highs and you're getting the lows, God is showing you here in this situation, in this interaction, in this relationship. Yeah, you messed up. But do we know what to do next time? Exactly. You did really great here. Let's focus on not being prideful about that. Let's focus about how we can recreate this again. Like he's teaching you through those interactions, which I just think is crazy because I mean, you're my dad, you've gone through a lot of life and there's so many things now that even as a young person or even recently that God is just perfectly orchestrating to be just right for where you are. I read a study um, recently that was, that was talking about um, a large amount of people late in life were interviewed um, for what 
the most important things in life. And these are success, successful men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, universally, the response was the most important thing was my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the accomplishments or the or yeah. even the wisdom that they'd gleaned. It was that community. You had said last week when we were talking about, you know, like, what is that? How do you search for that destination? And, and you know, I feel all this stress as a young person to, to do and to know and to understand. Um, but um, if you think about that and you think about the frame frame of context of this this study, um, somebody who is four, maybe five times older than you is saying none of it matters. You know, and what really matters is um, what you were able to do in your relationships, in your community, and in, in yeah. with your relationship with God. Um, and that's exactly kind of what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Those are those little pieces because um, as you're aligning your hobbies, as you're aligning your interests, as you said, you know, when you get in those moments and you have those highs and those lows, um, you know, God, God has a framework. It's been a framework in my life, and I've seen it in other people's lives. Um, and I think from what I've seen biblically, it seems pretty accurate. Um, but when you say yes to God, of course, I'll probably say this several times because it's really the most important part. Mm-hmm. I'm 42 years old um, and I'm still saying yes to God all the time Yeah, that's because I'm, I'm still feeling that there's times where I want to say no to God because the world comes on and, and gives us these expectations and says, well, you should, you should, you should, you should. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I say yes to that, I'm saying no to God. It's mm-hmm. like you said before, it's like, there's just God and the devil. There's just heaven and earth. Like you're choosing one or the other. There's no in between. If you're not choosing God and you're not choosing the devil, you're choosing the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, so the devil is always coming at you like those waves constantly, 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 constantly. So being able to understand that, I think, should be liberating so that when you think about all those things that you have to do and want to do and could do and could become and and hey listen i've done a little bit of everything yeah and i've, I've gleaned a lot of incredible wisdom from that um but at the end of the day if the most important thing is your relationship with god then you're in luck mm-hmm. because that's today mm-hmm. that's right now like you're listening to this podcast right now because god wanted you to um, it's not because of ellie not because of what she's done, not because of anything that we've said. It's because God had something to say to you to get you to grow in this moment. Um, I do a little bit of preaching on the side, and one of the things that I love to say to people, I just love it, is you can kind of you can kind of see when you get an audience like they sort of like they're they're making good eye contact, um, and I will oftentimes pray directly into their lives, saying that the Holy Spirit will challenge you today to take that next step. So that high and that low that you were just talking about, um, every we only have today. We, I mean, and that's that's science. I mean, we really only have today. There's no such thing as the future and no such thing as the past. Um, that's not how like quantum mechanics and quantum physics works. That's not how time works. Time is a construct. Time and space are a construct of this reality that God has created. There is no tomorrow. There is only right now. There's only this minute. You are only hearing these words right now, and that's all there is. Mm-hmm. So all that other stuff, all that other noise, like maybe I was supposed to be a dishwasher for the rest of my life, you know? Maybe I was supposed to stay in the military. Maybe I was supposed to open up my own restaurant. Um, it doesn't really matter because right now, the only thing that I can choose is God. Yeah, amen to that. So where does that take us? Like, I think for me, 
it's not that it gets rid of the Roomba, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I think it, maybe what it does is it brings those walls in a little bit and maybe brings that corridor out a little bit so that I'm not bouncing in a circle the entire time. Mm -hmm. I'm still bouncing. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. But if I'm bouncing in a general direction, you know, and, and, and God is the one who's at the front of that train, then that's about all I can that's all I can hope for. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of ours at one point gave us some really, really good wisdom um, when we were struggling at a certain point. He's like, what is God? What is God's purpose for our lives? And like, what's the choice? And she was like, well, I don't really view it like that. She's like, I don't really view it as like, you pick this door or you're going to hell kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, she viewed God's will in our lives because we have free will. Mm -hmm. um, and as, as more like a giant room, and a, like a giant corral with, with really clear walls. And, and we don't always, it's a big corral. We don't always see those walls. Mm -hmm. but God gives us the ability to move within that, bounce into some things, be uncomfortable, skin your knee a little bit, and then have to come back and ask your daddy in heaven for help. Mm -hmm. And as you're working in that corral, you're bringing those walls in with faith and good choices, good eating habits, exercise, mm -hmm. all the things. You're just making those better choices, um, which I'm not good at. Yeah, um, I think, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> um, I think also what you're saying is really good with that corral mentality. I, I don't want it to feel like this idea that like the closer you get to God, the more constricted your life is going to be. Like that's not it at all. The, I love that analogy. It's almost more like as those walls are getting smaller, it's not, oh, no, I'm trapped. These are the only things I can do. It's a freedom and it's a liberation of knowing I know where I need to be. Like, I don't have to worry, oh no, was I supposed to take that trail? Was I supposed to go this direction? No, I know exactly where I'm supposed to be because as that those choices get smaller and smaller, it's because you're getting closer and closer to God and your guys, the interests of you and God are getting closer and more aligned. And so it's it's honestly a wonderful feeling when you it's get freeing. to that point. Exactly. Um, and I think that's just honestly a lie from the world that's like, it's, it's that classic, you know, American mentality, you know, do what you want. You have the choice. You've do what you want, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just going to get you hurt. And there's a wonderful beauty in knowing that you are safe within those choices with God. Because outside of that, there's danger and there's falling into pits and there's sin and there's hurt. Um, and of course, it's not to say those things aren't going to happen. But the closer that you are and the more you are desiring to be aligned with what God has for you, the more wonderful and fruitful and joyful your life is going to be. Because I mean, you're doing what God wants for you. What more could you want for in your life? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, so we're thinking about that corral. Maybe a better way to look at it is almost like a bridge, um, like a wide, 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 wide bridge. And on every side of you, left, right, and below you is nothingness and death. Mm -hmm. But you're on that bridge, and that's the bridge of your life. Um, mm -hmm. And But on the other side of that bridge is the end of your life, and it's, it's a beautiful place. It's the full fruition of a life with God. Mm. It's the paradise. It's whatever that sort of mentality is. You know, you as you get closer to God, it's like that bridge gets more narrow. So it's not that, like you said, it's not like it's constricting you. What it's doing is it's focusing you like a laser beam mm. to I be able that. to get further, faster into God's will and into God's plan and into God's purpose and into that version of yourself. Folks, listen, there's, there's probably, I can probably say this with a relative level of confidence, there's a level of you, there's a you in God's mind's eye, in his heart that was never actualized in this world. It's probably true for all of us. Mm -hmm. Even the most holy, the most, the most transcendent, the most, you know, the most heartfelt Christian, um, you know, 
there's still a more better version of that person that was possible mm-hmm. given that person's choices. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we make that tolerance? And, and I just love that. It, it's not, it's not constricting, it's freeing. Um, it's, it's such a great mentality because all these, listen, don't have 24 jobs in your life. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. It's, it's not super bright. Like I definitely don't attest to be any sort of like intelligent person. Um, <laughs> However, um, the reality is, is that God does want to put a lot of choices in front of you and you have the opportunity if you want to, um, to be able to make the right one or the wrong one. So what are you going to choose at the end of the day? Um, you know, we'll probably keep talking on this point. Um, there's some specific things that you can definitely do, but I think we just want to encourage you today. Mm -hmm. Um, remember that God wants your heart, wants your heart right now, wants your heart today. Um, and uh, he's going to be there. He is there now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've given your life to Christ. Maybe you're kind of on the fence. Get off the fence, folks. It's time to poop or get off the pot. I mean, this needs to happen. <laughs> the reality is, is if you want access to a spiritual wonderland of mystery uh, that this world has to offer, um, find the heart of Christ. Um, and it's, sometimes it's just the simple, I think one of the best prayers you can say is, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know where you are, but if you're there, I need you. Mm-hmm. And when you align, just if you say that every single day, your life will change. Mm-hmm. You will see some crazy, crazy stuff and you will become a Christian a hundred percent because it is the only way. It is the only way. Um, and when you do that, I, I think that that's really the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's really the beginning. Mommy and I, when we were first married and um, early on through some of our challenges, we had a little placard and we had it wherever we would go. And it said, the journey is the reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is um, how we've, I don't say we've chosen to live our life, but we've come into alignment with the reality that that is how our life is. And that's how most people's lives are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great place to end this. I hope this was really encouraging for you guys. I love how you kind of took that away because I think that was some really powerful points that you have. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing I just want to say is it's a constant push, giving your life to God every single day. It's a constant realignment. So I love you guys so much. I hope this episode was really encouraging. Thank you again for being on. My pleasure. Um, We'll see you next week. Ciao. Bye.